Podcast. I am one of the few people who think the Patriots are actually going to be really good this year. Let's go! Oh, God. It's me. It's Kevin Wilder. Shocker! Surprise! Welcome in to another edition of the R Bill Simmons podcast. And we had some huge news this week in the world of Spotify. Joe Rogan re-signing in a very different deal than his original one. And so obviously massively impacts Bill Simmons. He's the head of podcast monetization at Spotify. Whether you think he does a lot, a little, who knows, but Impact on Simmons, impact on the ringer, and I've been chatting about it with Neil all week. He was the guest on the most recent episode, and we said, you know what? We're chatting about this so much. It's interesting to us both. Why don't we just do a pod about it? And so here Neil Neil is. Thanks for coming on again, man. Tribe, it's great to be back. Uh, You know, I just got to give a shout out to the uh, our Bill Simmons Reddit community, and then uh, and then also the the podcast audience here. Um, what a week! It's been mind blowing to just imagine kind of the play by play as things are happening. And one of the things that was really hilarious, tribe, uh, in you and I messaging each other, was uh, no, no, nothing's being spoken about from our head of monetization over at Spotify. Well, and he was on the Rewatchables tour when this big breaking news hit. So what was he really doing for this contract? So what I'm going to do here, I'll set it up for the audience, what the actual contract was, and then I'll throw it to you uh, for the first uh, crack at the analysis here. So setting everything up, Joe Rogan and Bill Simmons, probably the two biggest names at Spotify in podcasting, and Rogan little bit of a different deal than what spotify did with the ringer where spotify bought the ringer spotify's licensing joe rogan's content spotify just this past week re-upped with joe rogan but two very key differences going forward number one not exclusive to spotify anymore so i think everybody knows that you know back in the day the Joe Rogan experience clips were were ferocious on YouTube. You could not log into YouTube without seeing them. They were all over the place. Whether you love the guy, hate the guy, this is not an analysis of his content on this pod. This is an analysis of his popularity and his podcast. So part of this new deal with Spotify is they're going to be doing ads for him across a variety of platforms, including YouTube. So Massive is it potentially the reason... Bill Simmons is now going into YouTube. Who knows? We'll get into that. So that was one. It's not exclusive to Spotify. And then number two, less guaranteed money up front, but more alignment on revenue sharing. So basically, this is a if you do well, I do well type of deal with Spotify. And it's something that I I believe this is different. I don't know the contract details 
of when they bought the ringer. But I've always assumed that Bill Simmons was on a contract for X amount of years. Yeah, maybe there's some payout incentives here and there if certain numbers are hit. But as the Wall Street Journal article described with with Rogan, this is a changing of how Spotify is doing all their contracts now. It is less risk for Spotify, possibly less upside. But then again, if they're distributing for Rogan and others all across the Internet, it could have it could have a lot of upside for them. So essentially, the the question that we're going to answer tonight is, what does this mean for Bill Simmons's future? Because maybe he won't like that deal potentially. Who knows? Maybe it maybe it will make him, as Neil talked about last episode, transition back from Shill Simmons to Bill Simmons again. Um, we'll see about that. So I set it up for you guys. That's what's happening with Rogan. Neil, what's your take on this? I mean, I think it's I, I think it's exactly like you lay out, Tribe. It's a it I think what we're seeing here is the beginnings of the massive bulk that is the Spotify media operation. I mean, separate from what's going on as a music streaming service, it as a content uh, generator and mover is doing a massive sea change. Uh, I think with everything that's coming hot off the press on uh, the February 2nd announcement with this new Joe Rogan contract, my first take on this is is simply Spotify is making clear, uh, starting with its uh, kind of its most popular content providers. Here is how the new incentives are going to be a- aimed at and geared for. And w- what's funny about this is that everything is 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 keen on how quickly things are going to be distributed across multiple platforms. We're moving away from Spotify as a proprietary platform or um, something that these podcasts are going to be exclusive on to how quickly can we disseminate everything as, as fast as we can. And so this massive sea change, I think, favors a lot of media, or media outfits or content providers that are really effective and extremely efficient with how they budget and cost for releasing a podcast as opposed to uh, a, a podcast generator that also has um, a massive website full of articles that may or may not be incentivized and or uh, the onboarding of new personalities that may or may not have a lot of traction uh, immediately. Yeah, we, we were talking be, before this and, and you had mentioned how the, the very thin, I think was the word, the, the thin operation of Rogan really is a positive here for him because ultimately the show is not that expensive to produce. Yes, you Rogan wants to make a lot of money, absolutely, but he doesn't have the website hanging over him. And what I've always thought for Bill Simmons is I was assuming post ESPN he would kind of take the best things of Grantland and leave aside some of the things that weren't working, which I thought would be a small circle of top podcasters. And I'm now wondering if post this Rogan deal, if that's what we're going to see either at Spotify or outside of it, because if Spotify is doing this new revenue share model, I, I suspect, and this is a broader Spotify 
they're trying to make money now in, in podcasting because right now they're losing a lot of money in podcasting. So even to break even, they've got to do a lot of cost cutting. We've seen the cost cutting. We've seen podcast executives leave. So my take is they're only going to pay Simmons what he's worth. And there might be a difference of opinion there um, between Bill Simmons and Spotify. So that's kind of one angle is that maybe Bill, if Bill feels like they're lowballing him, he may well go out on his own. And then that's when you might see the return of kind of the core people he's with or Spotify and Bill might talk and Spotify might say, look, Bill, you know, we love your pod. We love the rewatchables. They are revenue generators for us. And we want to bring those to the next level by having a similar situation as Rogan. We're helping him promote on YouTube. We're doing the ads, but that costs money. And you got 80 pods or whatever it is on your website. We don't think you need 70 of those. And so that might happen. And then does Bill take that from Spotify and goes, yep, that makes sense. Or does he maybe try to keep those going somewhere else? I don't know. But that's why I do think that this is so monumental for the future of Bill Simmons and the ringer, because Spotify is clearly saying the way that I previous, the way that we previously conducted business, which was in the time frame of buying the ringer, that way that we're that way that we conducted business, we are no longer conducting business that way. And so we're going to have a huge impact on what happens with the ringer from here. Oh, that's, I mean, I think that's so apt. I think one of the things that's really keen too from the different sources I've been reading, I think Variety, uh, Variety had a pretty decent write up on what, on, on what the early contours of this deal is. Um, is they are going to be in charge of distribution and then do all the ad revenue negotiations up front with all of the uh, potential advertisers. So, what is really fascinating is how exactly are we, we already know that ad sales, ad revenues is kind of like this is, 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 is one of two parts of what made the Spotify platform very effective uh, besides all of the content and the free uh, ad signup membership that you had. The other thing that was really great about Spotify is that I imagine they had a very detailed and very highly analytical metric oriented ad uh, play system so that whoever all their subscribers are going to be or who all the who all of the free ad subscribers or the the, the free subscription model members or or or, uh, or spotify users are spotify has a very effective ad delivery system to highly monetize um exactly how 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 wide of a range an ad is going to be able to travel and then how effective that ad is going to be placed in all different kinds of podcasts uh, besides the Spotify funded podcasts. Spotify is a great platform. I use it as, as my primary pod player for all of a whole, a whole slew of non Spotify, um, non Spotify podcasts. So that's kind of the other part of what makes this really incredible is that, I think Spotify is going to be able to a negotiate ad rates with potential uh, uh, potential uh, uh, ad customers, but then the other thing is that 
Uh, Spotify is also going to have a lot of control in terms of who those ads are going to be in front of. And more importantly, how that money is going to hit the bottom line of all these different content providers that Spotify is paying less up front, but is hoping to uh, have ad revenue kind of be that thing that is going to generate more, more revenue. And see what you're describing right here, that is a business model that can make sense to me. I don't know how much that's worth. I don't know what the margin is, but ultimately, is that a business that you can be in? I think absolutely, because we've seen it with, um, I talked about this on the podcast where I talked with Zach and he called out the ringers short form video for being terrible. And then Bill started doing YouTube shorts, but there are companies out there that are specifically catering to this massive podcasting business because it is massive. And so if you're only going to be someone that wants to do content, Joe Rogan only wants to do content. He doesn't want to care about advertising. Why would he? You outsource that and you're okay giving up a little bit of money because ultimately the, the outsourcing, they're much better at it than you. So they could probably actually make up more revenue on the back end and you're not doing things you don't want to do. So to me, that makes sense as a business. And I think this is going to be a very good test of that. Whereas conversely, I think this news completely repudiates the idea that you can make money being a podcast stable. So if you listen to this pod, you know I've said that phrase so many times, but for Fresher, what I mean by that is a company collecting a bunch of podcasts, whether they make them exclusive or not, I don't know. But just the concept of Spotify buying the Bill Simmons podcast, I... I completely understand licensing the Rogan podcast, distributing the ads and sharing in the upside. I could understand the same thing with Bill Simmons, but I don't understand buying the Bill Simmons podcast for five years because if Spotify ends up making less money on it, then there was a bad deal for him. And if Spotify ends up making more money on that podcast than Bill or whoever else would have gotten elsewhere then Bill just signs somewhere else after the contract is up. So to me, buying a podcast and not and just having it there doesn't make sense to me. What they're attempting to do with Joe Rogan does make sense to me, but I think that is a different kind of model than what their whole strategy is predicated on in the first place when they spent a billion dollars plus acquiring podcasts. I mean, maybe it was a small part of it, but I mean, Spotify spent... Yeah, over a billion on this stuff. And what are their earnings going to be from from all this? I, you know, I again, it's still negative. So this is, you know, we're going to have to hear from the Spotify CEO. We're going to have to see in the financials, like, show me the margin you're making on the Joe Rogan podcast. Because now if you can, and if you're, and I think Bill said this before, where, you know, the few times he's talked about why he sold to Spotify because I don't think he likes talking about it that much just because ultimately we, we all know he sold out for the cash. But one of the few things he said is that he thinks their ad tech um, is top of the line, is top notch. And if so, that's great. And I think Spotify has, has argued, or at least people that are bullish on Spotify have argued that if Spotify can be the best in ad tech, then they'll be able to make the most money for every podcast and thus they'll get all the podcasts. We haven't seen that yet. 
maybe maybe the Joe Rogan deal implies that some of that could have come to fruition, but maybe it could be a bad deal too. So yeah, I, I threw a lot out a lot out there for you, but there's just there's so many layers to this thing. And the ad tech, I think, is just a massive the ad tech and the ad distribution is a massive piece of it. And and that's what's really fascinating, right? Is that you know, you think of the uh, you think of the idea of the podcast and you think to yourself, you're like, okay, you have someone that creates the pod, someone who listens to the pod. But with Spotify as a platform, there's so many different ways that you can kind of slice what that relationship truly is. You know, when you have a content provider that's providing ads, when you have a content provider that is also trying to generate other revenue streams, whether it be live show and tapings with ticket sales, whether it be merchandise, um, in the case of Joe Rogan, he's very uh, he's been very successful when it comes to supplements and and selling to his audience as a way as a means of generating revenue. You start really understanding that with the advancement of technology, you have an advancement of these different media business models. It's not just um, you know the idea that you hide a podcast behind a subscription or behind a free membership account, like in the case of Spotify. Yeah, it makes sense to a certain extent, but then when you're you have already kind of, you know, a lot of a lot of the Spotify exclusive podcasts like Rogan, um, like like Alex Cooper with Call Her Daddy, and then now Simmons in this Ringer outfit, they've had three years, you know, roughly two three years to see. Okay, here's where that audience is now, and we need to expand that audience. Uh, the gatekeeping or the exclusivity deals just aren't where Spotify is looking to go if what makes their platform so incredible is how it can slice and dice the different audience members and demographics to serve up the highest, most valuable, most profitable ads that they can. And I think something that you said really that was really key, Tribe, especially in our discussions, was profit margin. Hey, it's great that you can make X amount of dollars, but if you can make X amount of dollars having limited yourself spending uh, a small fraction of X amount of dollars, that's what's going to be hitting the bottom line. And I mean, one of the things that I think you're really um, just zeroed in on, Tribe, is what Spotify's bottom line, they're getting themselves ready towards their year-end earnings call with how did 2023 work out and where they going into 2024. And the idea of Spotify is less a startup and they're trying to get into the nuts and bolts of how do we really bolster ourselves as a business, that idea of driving or increasing their margin is going to be so key. And the partners that they're, that they're going to be inking now with these new deals, you're seeing it with their top talent being put into these frameworks that are going to want to enhance that bottom line for Spotify. Sure, Joe Rogan, or sure, Alex Cooper, and or now Bill Simmons is going to have a certain incentive to want to make sure that their pods or their content are going to generate a lot of revenue. But most importantly, Spotify is going to be looking to see who truly, and they're going to want to tie how they how they enhance their compensation for their content creators, they're going to want to tie that to Spotify's bottom line and less of who are these existing audiences for these established podcast brands. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what the new model has to be because the, the other one 
wasn't working. If it was working, they would have re-upped Rogan with the same deal. So obviously we know it's not. And what what I found, um, and to, to go right off of your point, profit margins, why did Spotify get into podcasts in the first place? It's because their core business is not that profitable. And you can see it in the financials. And yes, I know it's clouded by investments and podcasting is still is an investment still negative. But ultimately, the reason that Spotify's core business is not that profitable is because whenever they raise prices, the music labels can just raise the prices too. So ultimately, yes, Spotify will be making money, but the the labels are always going to be increasing that when Spotify does because they want to make money too. So they're the holders of the IP. And so Spotify said, well, we, we want to hold some IP ourselves. And we, we think that if we get into podcasting, we can actually have higher margins than music streaming because of a variety of reasons. Uh, we're great with ads. We would own the things like The Ringer. And so as we've been talking this pod, it hasn't come true yet. The ads and the distribution might be the way it could come true. And so that's why it's going to be so fascinating to see what the Bill Simmons deal is because it shouldn't be what the previous deal was because that dream that Spotify had that we're going to own all the podcasting IP, everybody's going to come to us because we're the best and we're monetizing the best and we're going to own the whole audio space, that dream's dead. Because with the Rogan deal, we know it's dead. And they have to move on, and we'll see if they move on with some talent. And so that's that to me, that's that's one of the biggest questions that that comes out of this. But I mean, we are gonna answer that later in the pod. Do you have any more thoughts on this one before we kind of move to the the second big topic we wanted to hit? Well, uh, the only thing I'd piggyback on is hey, Spotify with with how they view podcasts and then their music streaming business is one way of looking at it but spotify is is a victim of its own success and another another tech company that is is in the same that was or is in the same battle it ends up being it ends up doing really well right now for the moment is netflix netflix when it first launched was a mail-based media company where they would they would ship you a dvd or a blu-ray and you would watch it on your player at home but once they launched streaming you know, a lot of the major movie studios and TV studios, they had no idea what the actual value was on any of the digital rights to any of their media assets, i.e. TV shows, films uh, that they were sitting on. All they thought at the time was, okay, our revenue streams are we're going to publish DVDs and Blu-rays uh, in terms of physical media. We'll have some digital sales. And then uh, when Netflix comes around and is offering a platform to digitally uh, kind of be able to blast all kinds of different movies, uh, everything from AAA to indie flicks to um, cult classics. Very quickly, the movie studios were able to see, even though they said, even though Netflix is 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 one that is very coy, is a company that's very coy with exact metrics and numbers. Uh, Netflix and the movie studios were able to come to an understanding as to what the marketplace was for all these digital rights and. Everyone out there, everyone out there listening to the pod right now, like the reason why Netflix is only able to hold on to shows or, t- or movies for, ac- for, for a small period of time before they used to have exclusivity for a year or longer. Now you're talking months, if not sooner, that something disappears pretty quick. 
it's because of the kind of contradictory nature of these digital media rights. As something becomes more popular, it gets expensive to host on one of these streaming platforms and or the studio that is uh, licensing out that media asset, like in the case of Suits, um, uh, you know, NBC Universal sees how popular it is. They're going to limit and or charge more to Netflix how much they are uh, Netflix is going to be able to hold on to that show onto its platform. And then inversely, they're going to shift that over to Peacock and let everyone know in Netflix, hey, you enjoyed Suits so much. We have it on Peacock now. Let's get a discount deal going or something to where Netflix is now having a competitor um, host and a media asset that used to be something very successful on on the Netflix platform. And I, I, you're going to see that same dynamic on the Spotify platform, except Spotify now kind of has that proprietary data with ads to really, really heighten the margins of who their audience members are that ads are being served to. Yeah. And I would briefly touch on that before, before moving on where, so Netflix has, they have the licensing component. And like you said, they'll license something, but if it does really well, the price is going to go up. So what did Netflix do? They shifted a ton of spending to originals. And so you go on Netflix these days, you got an original movie pretty much every weekend and not saying they're all good, but they're pretty like they're watchable. I mean, you go on Netflix, you got, okay, Ashton Kutcher, Reese Witherspoon, uh, rom-com, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll probably get a six on IMDb. It's probably predictable from the first five minutes. People, people know it, but it's two big names to put on a tile and people will watch it. It's new content. Um, same thing with them, um, trying all these different, I mean, and they have some great shows, but you know, on the IP component, they they're having a little bit difficulty doing franchises because that's still locked away with the the the, the big studios that were here a hundred years ago. So in some ways, it's in parallel to the music where the music labels have these incredible artists that that they they own the rights to, and they're just going to be making money on that for years and years and years. Of Spotify, Spotify needs the other component of earnings profits. And they've yet to crack it. So we'll see. We'll see if they can start to crack it with Rogan. Um, and then we'll see what impact that has on Simmons. But yeah, speaking of Rogan, we want to get more in depth here because me and you were sharing some charts over the weekend that were just incredible where Bill Simmons versus Joe Rogan. I mean, they were dueling banjos for a while and then Rogan fucking smoked them in terms of the podcast popularity. This is incredible. Now, we're using Google Trends, so I'm not going to say this is the best, but it at least gives you some data. And you can go look out there as well, and you can look at, for example, the Joe Rogan YouTube clips. You can look at other top charts that are within Spotify. You can look at numbers before Rogan went exclusive to Spotify. Um, just Rogan is, is extremely popular. We all know this. Um, not that it necessarily needs to be quantified, but th it wasn't always that way compared to Simmons. And so what we wanted to do is kind of get into why the, you know, why Rogan is um, the model pod, as you put it. And look, again, because I know people listening might not like the content. 
We're not endorsing the content. We're not not endorsing the content. We're talking about the podcast as why this podcast is so popular and we're comparing it to the Bill Simmons pod and other pods. So why don't uh, you pick it up from there? Oh, absolutely, Tribe. And I think that's the thing is that why this deal works so well for Joe Rogan is because he's the model pod to to serve as kind of like the vanguard or or the uh, the 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 podcast that Spotify is looking to um, not necessarily promote, but they want to partner with. I think one of the things that's really incredible with Rogan is that. He has a lot of things about with how he does the logistics and the structure of his show that I think makes it really uh, easy for him to be the partner that Spotify wants to grow audience uh, in terms of the Joe Rogan experience, but also to uh, be the test case for why these Spotify ads are really effective. Because as Rogan becomes more viral or gets more expansive with growth, you really get to see the Spotify algorithm or ad system uh, not necessarily get redlined, but you get to see how effective it can truly be in in a way that you wouldn't have by having the current by the having that old model of a gatekeeper or exclusivity uh, for content providers the way the way Spotify was incentivizing incentivizing. The, other, the, uh, the old pod deals before. And so I think with Rogan, I mean, one of the things that you and I were talking about is what makes Rogan so great is A, um, he, has, he has a dedicated number of episodes that come out every week. For sure, there's going to be one long form interview, but Rogan also has kind of MMA oriented episodes that speak to those different demographics or audiences. And I think the other thing is that Rogan is very effective uh, outside of having the studio where he records his podcasts. He's really effective about having a long string of guests and the long form conversations give his studio ample grounds to find the biggest clips that are going to have that high effectiveness uh, in terms of, of something that can likely go viral. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I compare Bill Simmons versus Joe Rogan, who's gone more viral. I mean, Simmons will occasionally go viral on Twitter for some dumb NBA trade, right? And sometimes, you know, there there's a Bill Simmons Twitter community of people now that are clipping and video video screenshotting, video recording his podcasts. I do it at times. It's funny, but what you're talking about is a 25, 30, 50 million play clip, you know, whether it's Elon smoking, giving some crazy ass answers, whether it's, you know, I just think of it now, Alex Jones with some crazy ass conspiracy, right? That's going to go crazy. Whether it's some MMA guy, whether it was, I remember this in 2020, um, he had Andrew Yang on, if everybody remembers him, and that fucking went viral like crazy. I mean, hearing about UBI, basically, Andrew Yang on the Joe Rogan podcast incepted UBI, Universal Basic Income, as an idea for society. 
and that was gaining traction. That was really interesting for a while. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of, a lot of water cooler chatter about that. Um, RFK Jr. talking in his, his most recent pod. And I know a lot of people are going to say disinformation, didn't like it. But then Rogan also has on, I think it's uh, Peter Hotez, um, uh, a very pro-vaccine guy who RFK potentially was thinking of debating, I think, um, if I'm remembering that right. So he, he's got newsmakers, and that's what that's what goes viral, is it's something – it's in the zeitgeist. Maybe it becomes more of the zeitgeist because it's on Rogan's pod. And, and like we had said earlier, you know, it's not significant production value. It's not, you know, flying in a crazy, like expensive guest or something. Um, it's not doing any of that. It's not, I, I always remember Rogan on his podcast has talked about, it was insane to him that Bill Simmons had so many people directing things on his set, talking on any given Wednesday when he was on there. So Rogan's done the complete opposite and it works. And we see it in the numbers because this guy fucking kills it. And, you know, I predict that when Rogan is back on Apple pods on YouTube, you're going to see the numbers fucking dwarf Bill Simmons. It's going to be, I mean, it is going to be the number one pod by far on all platforms and Billy Simmons is going to be like, Oh shit, maybe I'm not going to get the money that Joe Rogan got. Well, and I think that's, that's, that's incredible try because I think that's something that we left out earlier. Like when Simmons launched the ringer Simmons background and what made him so professional was he, he, um, and by professional, I mean what he was very keen and, and trained to do was to be a hot take video, like um, um, video presenter. So he refined his ability to generate a well thought out sports opinion. Um, and he was able to appeal to a fan base in the New England sports scene that would truly appreciate kind of like the Homer, the Homerism that was the seed of what would be a nationwide or national trending type of opinion. Um, but then on top of that, uh, the repetitions that he got on ESPN and his ability to uh, encounter different personalities to refine his ability to generate those opinions and or hot takes um, is what kind of everyone that en ends up enjoying the BS pod uh, ends up ends up falling for or just becomes a huge fan over and unfortunately that was great in 2015 and you saw the apex of that in any given Wednesday but then you saw this other thing about Simmons that we're all witnessing which is there's an ego about him that is troubling if he's to embrace the new tech trends and just how quick the tech cycle ends up changing the media landscape. So one of the things that's really key with the Spotify deal is that you look at the players that are out there. Yeah, it's great that Spotify has an incredible platform with the Spotify pod player and or the streaming music app. But the other thing that is real keen with that Joe Rogan deal is that Spotify is going to be 
the media partner that's going to put clips and or uh, video clips, audio clips, the pod itself, it's going to put this on YouTube. They're going to put it on Apple Podcasts. They're going to put this on TikTok. And you're going to have the proprietary algorithms of all of those platforms um, being given free reign to, to, to do what they will on those, on those platforms to generate as, as, as much listenership or viewership as it is, or to really demonstrate to Spotify how little people are engaging with the content that's being released. Now, what's great with Joe Rogan is that this guy probably every couple months, uh, if not quicker, is able to generate a moment of uh, virality with, with, with an opinion that he has that allows him to immediately yell the opinion across the global national society. And then depending on how well that is, um, how well that has been received, it either is Spotify having to tame uh, Joe Rogan's opinion or Spotify can kind of turn the lever to try to amplify that viral moment even more to serve up more ads and or to uh, just really make that podcast personality or clip go go much farther than it ever could have if it just was exclusive on Spotify. Yeah, so two two thoughts to that, which um, you put it so eloquently there. I think number one is that this is a massive positive for Joe Rogan. And Joe might have played this perfectly where in the podcasting boom – Spotify goes, you know what? We think let, let's get the biggest podcaster and let's put him exclusive. And if we do that, we get all of his fans. Everybody zooms to Spotify. We build up our podcasting stable. This is going to be a home run for us. Oh, and money is easy right now. We're in ZERP, zero interest rate environment. Um, we're we're going to be golden. And so Joe pockets a fucking boatload of money. I think he lost popularity. I think much fewer people are listening to his podcast now. But I think once he gets back on all the platforms, his listenership is going to go way up because people that more casual people will subscribe to him on Apple Pods now. They're going to be seeing the YouTube clips. They're going to go crazy. They're going to watch. I mean, I I think you know if if Rogan had stayed on. Spotify, I think the guy who actually has been market correcting Rogan has been Lex Friedman. Friedman, you know this guy? I know this guy, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah, so he, I feel like he's a very bland, ver- he's a bland and worse interviewer than Joe Rogan, but he's been getting a lot of the same guests that I think Rogan would get. Like, for example, he had. He's had on Elon, I think. He's had on Yay. He's had on Jeff Bezos. He's had on Jack Dorsey. These are all people that either have or could easily be on Rogan. And I think that would be a much better conversation. But because we don't have that, Lex Friedman's the guy who it's on YouTube and you just watch it there. And you're like, fuck, man, this would be 50% better if it was a Joe Rogan interview than a Lex Friedman interview because this guy has no personality and whatever, his interviewing style, fine. So I think that's point number one. Point number two is, so we're talking here and we're saying Spotify is going to be investing in TikTok and YouTube, trying to get him to go viral. 
he might be able to go viral. I agree with you. I think he will, for better or worse. Again, we're not endorsing the content. Or we're not not endorsing it. Um, but can Bill Simmons do the same thing? Now, of course, in the episode that I talked with Zach in, I me me and Zach and Zach to, to he put he had amazing points. He's like, look, there is there is tons of ability for Simmons to do better short form content and actually rack up views on TikTok, promote his podcast. JJ Reddick's doing it, yes, but JJ Reddick, who I who I would qualify as like what Bill Simmons should be aspiring to at YouTube with a million subs. Joe Rogan has 16 million YouTube subscribers. So Bill Simmons is not even close to this if we're thinking about how to compare these deals. And a couple other podcasts we wanted to bring up too, we got part of my take. So if we think about Bill Simmons as part of my take, I would encourage everybody who is listening to this, if you're, if you're interested in this kind of thing, go on Google Trends and search Bill Simmons podcast and then part of my take. Put them both together. Because what you're going to see over time is part of my take started, I think, maybe like mid-2016. That was right when Bill Simmons was doing Any Given Wednesday. So the chart has Bill Simmons is launches the Bill Simmons podcast after ESPN, fucking shoots to the top 100, boom. Part of my take starts mid-2016. For the next year, it's a crisscross. Part of my take keeps rising, rising, rising. Bill with the Bill Simmons podcast keeps falling, falling, falling. Sometime around 2017, part of my take became more popular than the Bill Simmons podcast. Has never been less popular than the BS pod since then. So Bill lost his sports podcasting crown to part of my take during a down period for the pod when he was doing any given Wednesday and he's he's never recovered. And then I also uh, know you wanted to mention call her daddy as well, and how that's charting on Spotify. Oh, completely tribe. I think I think I think one thing that I think would be incredible this week for our Bill Simmons listeners is I think tribe. If you were to publish both of those graphs that you and I were ex- that you had exchanged with me on the Twitter feed. I think people can see very quickly kind of like the time frame of what we're talking about where you have a decline in Bill Simmons and then you see the ascendance of these other pod uh, media personalities. I think that would be really cool. Sec- second thing that I would tell you too is that with Lex Friedman, Lex Friedman, uh, I, I am a reluctant listener, but um, he's kind of like the Joe Rogan free form long conversation interview without the MMA testosterone of Joe Rogan <laughs> and everybody else in the studio. So with Friedman, uh, one of the things that got me uh, that, that had lured me into it, uh, me being, I'm someone that loves to study current events. You know, i I had formerly studied foreign policy and comparative politics and governance when I was in college and a little bit of it in grad school. But for me, uh, the thing that got me, really roped in Alex Friedman is when he had Jared Kushner on and mm-hmm. Kushner was on the, on the, it was on the show. He was laying out kind of like a hyper, uh, a hypothetical alternative history where Kushner towards the last months of the Trump administration had organized what was called the Abraham Accords. And it was supposed to be this comprehensive 
Um, it was supposed to be this comprehensive kind of Middle East strategy to a, a revitalize the Gaza Strip economically and try to plug it into the regional international economies uh, surrounding it. And then two, try to create a framework for uh, peace in the region, especially between Saudi Arabia and its near, its near distant rival, um, the Republic of Iran. Now, you know, for me, you know, I, I feel like the Kushner initiatives are a little bit overstated and that what they actually accomplished wasn't something that was, uh, that didn't really have a lot of concrete goals that it able was, that it was able to kind of hang its hat on for, for how it stabilized the region, especially if it was supposed to be a substitute for the Iran nuclear deal. But it got me listening at least to two hours of that interview that I otherwise would never have listened to with Lex Friedman. And I think that, you know, that understanding about what it means to be, inter quote unquote, internet viral is what is so key to what this Spotify deal is looking to entrench economically and financially for the Spotify partners moving forward is that you either are gonna deliver on quality and you're gonna have these outstanding moments that are gonna be these incredible clips that audience members are gonna be able to access uh, across all these different platforms, or you kind of uh, put your hand in the fire, touch one of these culture war topics and just hold on for dear life that you're not fired by Spotify, which I think Joe Rogan has aptly been able to do multiple times. Um, or the other thing is that you're, you, you will be paid accordingly based on what the Spotify framework or model is going gonna, is gonna to value you at. And when you go that third route of you're going to be paid what you're valued at, you lose a certain amount of autonomy in terms of, of staffing um, features that you're going to be able to run that may or may not drive clicks or views or listens. And that does not bode well for a personality like Bill Simmons and or the ringer who has been really slow to embrace what this new um, social media landscape is in terms of viral moments, expansive audiences, and uh, the different tiers of ad revenue that's going to be available and optimizing your content for that ad revenue. No, it does not. And before moving on, you reminded me talking about that interview. Were you aware that Bill Simmons uh, majored in political science in college? Yes, unfortunately. Um, I, I, I made the mistake of reading his page two column that I think you posted, Tried, <laughs> of how he quoted himself a Middle East expert after a semester or two <laughs> yes, at, so I, at I, Holy I, Trinity. And Anyone that attempts to do deals in the Middle East will very quickly tell you there's no easy deals. It's painful. You, um, you know, some of the best American diplomats, British diplomats, Saudi diplomats, Jordanian. I mean, if people that are actively plugged into the region will tell you there is no easy deal. So to know, we're, but we're talking about the Picasso of the trade machine, man. You don't think that that guy, I mean, this guy is legendary. You don't think he could get a deal? And I'll read from this article. 
back in the day, I took four separate classes on the Middle East alone, becoming something of an expert on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Bill, where's the pod, man? Come on, man. This is the zeitgeist. You got to use that knowledge. Brush off brush off the, the dust on the old college notes. I mean, what are we waiting here, man? Get get the most popular pod. Dude, hey, Bill, if you're listening, last pod, we gave you the Bill McAfee. Have him on, talk ESPN war stories, Norby, all that stuff. Now we're giving you fucking middle. Dude, how could he not do this? I mean, this is only a shill Simmons would not do this in 2024. Only a Shill Simmons would tell you that there's there's an easy deal to be had in the Middle East for any for anything. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. When I when I had read that, so tribe, that's the thing. There's no easy deal in the Middle East. For Shill Sim, only a Shill Simmons would would tell you that there's anything easy to be done out there when it comes to trying to settle any type of long-standing political conflict. And then you start thinking to yourself, that's 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 the that's the mindset that this guy has navigating into what the new social media landscape is with his 2012 2014 ESPN understanding of what the media landscape was back then it makes you it makes you wonder and you start asking yourself what is the ringer going to try to do once it gets its own deal like this because it's inevitable at this point, Spotify is going to serve up the same type of economics to the ringer. Well, yeah. So let's let's pop into the the final phase of this podcast. Implications for Bill Simmons. What is next for him? For the ringer? For what? What the hell is this guy going to do? So I want to offer some brief thoughts before turning it over to you. So. When, when I first heard this news, I'm like, fuck, man. I'm not sure Bill's going to be back at Spotify. Um, and that was for a couple reasons. So I think, number one, Bill took the cold, hard cash. He took the payout. He sold the Spotify. He got the big round number. He gets the brag. He got $200 million. I think he owned a pretty large percentage of that equity. He's got the Malibu beach houses. This guy's rolling the dough, right? He killed it. He made it. He came. He saw. He conquered. Okay. But now we get to the next contract, and Spotify goes, we're going to we're switching it up on all of our talent. This is a revenue-sharing model now. We're going to go low guarantee payout, and we're going to say, if you succeed, great, but we're also going to get a nice cut of that. That is not the contract, I don't believe. That Bill Simmons has right now. And so I think Bill, if this is the contract on the table, he might say, well, shit, if this is an upside type of contract, I'm just going to do that myself. Why do I need Spotify for that when I can, instead of sharing the upside, get 100% of the upside? So rather than Bill, like an NBA player, signing a five-year, $50 million deal, if he, if Spotify and says instead says five years, twenty million guaranteed, could be up to a hundred. It's very possible the bill walks on that. So that's number one. And then number two, 
because I think Bill wants the guaranteed money at this point. Number two is that Bill Simmons is going to see, is going to see, Bill Simmons already saw the Joe Rogan headline number. It's big. It's up to 250 million, I think. I mean, that's pretty damn big. And that's 250 million. I know it's up to, but that's 250 million for one podcast, Joe Rogan. What did Bill Simmons sell for? 200 million website, Bill Simmons podcast, whole host of other podcasts. So Bill Simmons is looking, he's a competitive guy. He's he's obsessed with dueling banjos. He wants to win. He was pissed that he didn't get an Emmy for 30 for 30 when he was after the company. I mean, this guy is so freaking competitive and it has served him very well over the course of his life, to be fair. Not always, but most of the time. We really think that Shill Simmons is going to take uh, significantly less money than Joe Rogan? Absolutely not at Spotify. Absolutely not. So, you know, anybody, we can guess what he's doing is had a podcast monetization. I don't think that much, whatever. But I think the combination of Rogan signing a massive deal but it also being a low guarantee deal that they're likely going to go for Simmons. I think Bill might walk out the door and go somewhere else. So that was my biggest takeaway from this news. I completely agree with you, Tribe. I, I, you know, I could also see him kind of do his HBO model bill where whoever he partners with, he will um, he will either do something along the lines of uh, he might have like a guaranteed number of Spotify bill pods and then there might be extra pods that subscribers pay for. Um, I think the other thing that Bill could do with the HBO model is Spotify is kind of the seed money uh, much in the way that HBO funded the ringer, maybe Spotify, funds kind of like those core operations um a limited ringer article <laughs> web landing page and then maybe like the top five ringer podcasts kind of continue moving forward and then everything after that is going to be some kind of separate endeavor I, I don't know how spotify would would feel with something like that but the reason i bring up kind of like that middle ground is you know, Joe Rogan doesn't have free reign. What's funny with Spotify is that they will very subtly uh, do a little bit of content moderation. So I think out of something like the 2200, 2300 Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan experience episodes that are out there, uh, I think like 70 of the episodes have been pulled where you just aren't able to access them because Joe Rogan in one context or another ended up using the N-word. Uh, in his, in his free free willing discussions, and so Spotify just editorially was like, we're not going to have those podcasts be available. Um, I don't think Simmons is going to do anything to touch kind of those culture war topics like that. But you know, you never know with the incentives kind of being geared where they're going to be, where uh, where Bill Simmons is going to be editorially. Or if it's going to be the worst case scenario, Shill Simmons is just going to produce all kinds of strange content that very quickly will not be incentivized by the new Spotify contract. But I, I think for me, um, 
it, it's going to be fascinating because I lean towards what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I think Bill has a certain type of autonomy. I think he has a vision of who he is as a media personality brand. And I think he does some kind of self-launch where Spotify will be left to the wayside and he will move forward with whatever the next iteration of the BS pod is going to be or, and, and or maybe a couple constellation pods following him. That will be something like the ringer, but on a much lower scale. Yeah. Cause I think what we've seen from shill is that he's mailing, he's mailing in. We all know, we, we all know this. He's mailing it in. Um, these are the facts in the ground. We, you know, we, we can debate the degree of it. You know, he has some good pods here and there, but he, he's in keep cash them checks mode. I mean, the page two Bill Simmons, that's why I wrote the takedown of Ringer Bill. Page two, page two Bill Simmons is rolling over in his grave looking at Ringer Bill. He's a shell of himself. I mean, he's Shill Simmons. He's Shell Simmons. I mean, this guy, this guy's all over the place. So the, the ultimate question here is, can he recapture the magic? And I would say that if he does go out on his own, that's the best chance we have at him recapturing the magic because I do think he does do fewer pods. Maybe he does do some writing. Maybe he does do some video. Um, but I do – I take it back to what you were saying right early in the pod where it's just like the arrogance factor. I mean it – it's almost difficult sometimes to listen to this guy be so arrogant. I mean, it's kind of, it's unbelievable. He's, he's shutting out listeners and I would compare it to Rogan being open-minded, listening to guests, asking good questions. That is not shill and bill and whoever Simmons these days. It's just not. I mean, I, I, and I hate that it's gotten to this point, but it does make you wonder, can this guy even be good on video? I don't know. Maybe he can't. Why, why is his YouTube channel not that great? He's doing these YouTube shorts. I think they're kind of funny. I do think that this pod was the reason he's doing them, but other people think it's JJ Reddick. Whatever it is, he could, does come across very hot takey, arrogant, kind of dickish, douchebaggish in those in those YouTube shorts. I mean, if people are listening – to me, and, and they, they disagree with me, by all means, comment and let me know. But I think he is kind of that way in those. And I, I don't know if that's kind of the part of the style he's going for. But I think that's just his style in general these days. So it, it does beg the question of how successful a, a new Bill Simmons media venture would be. Um, you just don't know. And, and so that's why I think ultimately my take is – if Bill re-ups with Spotify, he's Shill Simmons for good, right? If he re-ups with Spotify, you know he's got no fire left. He's mailing it in. He's keep casting them checks. He's getting more checks from Spotify. He's probably more interested in the Malibu real estate market. And he's going to do his thing. If he goes out on his own, now we're talking. Now we're potentially cooking. Now we're saying, all right. What has this guy got left in the tank? Does he hook himself up to the rejuvenation machine? Maybe he can surround himself with some more talent. Maybe he can do something that we're not even thinking of, but that's what we want. And it's going to be really interesting to see what path he chooses. And I think the other thing, Tribe, that I think is really keen is, you know, I'm very curious 
uh, when he relaunches himself, um, if, if he doesn't re-up with Spotify, he relaunches himself. How, how good of a student is he in this new social media landscape? Um, I thought, you know, thinking about, like, uh, listening to you, it had made me think about how uh, maybe about two, three months ago, he had Stephen A. Smith on the BS pod. And Stephen A. Smith's on there to hawk, <laughs> hawk his new podcast, <laughs> get people to listen to it. Um, and one of the things that was really key, it was a real subtle thing, was that Simmons was telling, was, was giving props to Stephen A. Smith for naming his podcast the Stephen A. Pod because if somebody wants to look you up, they're going to type into your name, you're going to type your name into a pod player and they're, they're going to find that podcast. And, and, and then you contrast that to the battle he's been having with J.J. Reddick. Mm. And how JJ Reddick's name isn't really—it's like a subtitle to the the, the One Tree podcast, uh, being this other kind of mind uh, 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 branding strategy for a pod. So it makes you wonder, like, how 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 much of this new media landscape has Simmons learned? Is he a student, or is he gonna is he is he an app student, or is he gonna be a dunce? Um, is he gonna go some kind of middle ground? to try and attempt to figure out what his new contract and or compensation is going to be geared towards and where does he aim the ringer or, or whatever the next media outfit is going to be for, for our friend, Mr. Simmons. But I think if anything, you see this with this Spotify contract with Joe Rogan, this is going to be the model moving forward. They did something very similar with Alex Cooper and Caller Daddy where they incentivize the growth and um, uh, viral moments of the pod in expanding the audience. And it makes you ask the question, is the ringer and is Bill set up to succeed under a similar framework that we all know is coming? Yeah, I I think you put it beautifully there. And I'm going to say, I don't think Bill is a student. I, he hasn't shown me he is. I mean, he, he, I, I think back to two main reasons why Bill was incredibly successful. It was he saw that there was an avenue for sports to be written about from the fan perspective and to use the internet to his advantage. And he did that. He, and so he tells the story on the maybe how I made it pod, how I founded it, something like that. When, he was listening to a Danny Ainge interview with Chad Ford and he goes, Oh, this wasn't, this was just an interview. And so he, he emailed ESPN saying, what was this? They said it was a podcast. And he said, can I have a podcast? So as, as in that 25 episode, 25 retrospective advocate for yourself and your career, take lessons from Simmons. He did that. He went to his bosses. They sent him podcasting equipment. So he's had these incredible calls in his career where He's it's it's been the it's been the double. He's both executed extremely well, but also identified the new paradigm. He's put both together. I would argue he has neither in 2024. He is not executing the pod well, and he hasn't identified the paradigm shift. So, you know, and he's past his prime. He's post apex, whatever. But this is just the nature of 
the build BS pod in 2024. I think it is. I think it just is. And I also think something about Simmons, I don't know if his if he's he's just a real fragile ego or if he's extremely self-conscious when it comes to how he's being perceived. But what would be funny is uh, you know, something that you and I were kind of toying with is the idea of the BS pod taking on a very similar Joe Rogan experience type of video setup where he's going to be in some kind of brick warehouse. He'll have a TV screen where uh, nephew Kyle is going to be pulling things up that they both can comment on whoever Simmons and the guests are. And I almost feel like it would be so derivative or so clearly linked to Joe Rogan's setup that Simmons would drive himself to madness trying to figure out what the right type of video pod setup would be that wouldn't be derivative of Rogan, but would deliver the same type of Rogan-esque type of long-form interviews, lean operations, very quick distribution and release of, of uh, whatever exchange or dialogue Bill's having with that guest that's in front of him. Yeah, but he doesn't even see – I mean, did you see – someone showed me this just today on Twitter – he his YouTube channel. Do you know what I'm talking about here? What I'm gonna say. So, his YouTube channel for the Larry David podcast has a picture of him and Larry David from his Grantland days for the video. And and this this was uploaded uploaded one day ago. I think three or four days ago, someone on the Simmons subreddit posted that picture i think some ringer intern or somebody is on the sub grabbed the picture and was like to bill hey we can throw this podcast up with the picture of you and larry that's obviously not from 2024 it's from 2014 so like this is an example like what you know and okay and here's another point what did we hear on that episode bill simmons went to larry david's office bill bring some fucking video equipment jj reddick does this jj reddick goes on the road he's got he's got videos all set up i mean this is not this is not hard stuff to do if you run a 200 million dollar company doing podcasts you can have video equipment and i mean i'm sorry but like larry david was on the today show Larry David is is going on all these interviews. I'm pretty sure Larry David would have been okay being filmed. I mean, I don't think I don't think this was was a you can only do the podcast if you don't film me. He's the fucking main character in Curb. So, like I'm pretty sure Larry David is okay. And that that speaks to why Bills and Keep Cash them checks mode because even when he has a banger guest like Larry David what does he do? It's a weak interview. He asks seven of the same questions that he asked in the 2014 interview because I went back and listened right after. If you didn't see that thread, the listeners out there. And then he doesn't film him. I mean, th- what what more to say that Bill Simmons is post-Apex expiring contract and keep cash some checks mode? And it's hilarious too because I think as you and I were – messaging each other 
about the play-by-play of how bad that Larry David interview was. <laughs> What's great is that Larry David is still an incredible get. I mean, he was he was a great interviewee. If you're a fan of his already, you're in. You're just like, I, I'm enjoying this conversation. And very quickly, Shill Simmons is revealed to be the weakest part of that, of that dialogue um, with either his strange opinions, his pushback on Larry David when Larry David is asking him about what's going on with how come you don't tell us the re- what movie you're focusing on in the rewatchables? Everybody would love that if they could listen uh, to the rewatchables having seen the film beforehand to um, uh, his weird video setup where because he is very scared of revealing that he doesn't watch all the games that he's giving coverage on, especially on that Sunday or, or, or Tuesday or Friday pod. He created this fan, this this farcical TV setup where him and his wife have multiple <laughs> screens in their living room set up where her TV has the sound that he is watching, but he has like these t- these games on on the side that he's tracking in complete silence. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take a brief detour here. Let's let's talk a bit about this Larry David interview and then we'll finish up. Is that is that good with you? That sounds great, Trav. Yeah, because we didn't, as you were talking, I'm like, me and you talked about the Larry David interview ourselves, but we didn't talk about it on the pod because we released it on Monday and they released that on Wednesday. Yeah, so what you just said is insane. The fact that Bill, because as, as we were talking back and forth, we were saying how it makes no sense and there's either, yeah, there, there's a couple things going on here with, and so, so for I think everybody listening has probably listened to the Larry David interview. But for the five percent of people who didn't, Larry David asks how he does it with his wife in terms of watching all the sports, and Bill bizarrely claims that he's got this setup now where him and his wife are watching a movie or a TV show together, but yet he has two TVs, one on each side, with NBA games. And he's somehow monitoring the NBA games. So there's either two things going on. One is he's completely lying on the pod because he doesn't want to admit to the listeners and to Larry David in that moment that he doesn't watch a ton of NBA. Why he doesn't want to admit that, I don't know, because we don't expect you to be Rosillo grinding tape. Like, we we just don't. Like, this is not... We'd like you to have some knowledge, but we can understand where if your wife wants to watch a movie one night, you don't need to have two NBA games on the side. And then the the second piece is that if he was actually serious, that is so fucked up. I mean, I, I think I think Larry was shocked and taken aback. And then he was doing the calculation in his head. He's like, okay, is he actually serious? Like, is, is the 10% of him actually serious or is he lying to me? And like, why is he lying to me? Is he lying to me? Is he doing it for the pod? I mean, it, it was just mind blowing hearing that on the pod. And what's hilarious with, with, with Shill Simmons in that instance, I would have loved to have seen the reaction on LD's face on video as Bill's describing this serial killer or divorce divorce machine setup, because I 
there's no way I could set up multiple TVs in my living room and have my wife and I watch one thing and then somehow me have multiple sports programs going on at the same time. Like it's already bad enough if I have like my phone on as we're watching something together or something like that. And so to think that like Bill, uh, he's caught in whatever bind he's been caught in, that would have been that would have validated having the video cameras there to begin with, with that whole LD interview. Well, and it's also funny how he, he thought that sounded reasonable because <laughs> it clearly doesn't. Yeah, no. And, and, and anyone you're just, you, you, he ended up generating more questions. And what's funny is that if, if any of us were in the room with him and had rapport with Simmons, we would just be like, wait, let's start unpacking this this setup. Uh, do you have one remote? Where where are drinks located? What happens if you have to pause one of these screens? <laughs> What's going to happen? What if you respond to one of the sports TVs in the middle of the worst moment of the main TV? What's gonna What's going on with you? Do you get punished? What's What's happening with you? <laughs> Insane. And let's do one more brief Bill Simmons current events before we um, finish up with uh, with our takes on the the whole Spotify thing. So Bill Simmons current events, which I guess kind of leads to Spotify. No podcast on Friday. What's going on here? Tribe, I had the same concern. Not only was there no podcast, there was no Friday pod on top of that. That Wednesday pod interview with Larry David, all it was was Larry David. We, we just had the interview. Um, you know, you think about what what was going on last week. You have a Laker squad ends up beating the Celtics at home in Boston where there was no Anthony Davis. There was no LeBron James on that Laker squad, and the Celtics go down. The NBA is operating. They, the, you had the full schedule, full slate of games still happening, and we still had no bill pod on Friday to cover any of that. Um, it, it's great that you mentioned part of my take because uh, before you and I hopped on the pod here, their episode that they're filming tonight has Jameis Winston in the studio with them in Chicago. Ooh. And you're just like, wow, they have an active real-time NFL QB who's, who's, uh, or, or NFL player that's incredible. And, and he's, he's hanging out with pardon my take and what's going on with Bill and no one being there to respond to anything else that's grinding along in the sports world. Well, yeah, but, and what we thought he could have done is do 30, 45 minutes off the top about the Lakers Celtics game. Now, I guess, you know, apparently he didn't watch it because he was doing the rewatchables tours, but but then that's the other thing. If he knew that he was doing this rewatchables tour, why not have a couple episodes in the can? Because there's things that you can do ahead of time. Clearly, the Larry David pod he wanted to do ahead of time, which which is fine. But I mean, we're talking. There's a there's a Rolodex there. There's even a Rolodex of Ringer people talk about some TV show or something. Or heck, do do a ranking of curb episodes. Actually. Okay, let's let's do this because okay, this was insane to me that Shill in the interview with Larry David, he asked him, 
oh, like I hope you didn't get offended by me comparing the pitching seasons to Curb. And that that was insane to me because I listened to the 2014 pod. Larry fucking loved it. Like we're talking about Larry David is legitimately reading Bill Simmons for fun and he's listening to the rewatchables for fun. So Bill has that built in. And instead of going more in depth on it, like for example, if I'm Bill Simmons, what would I would have done? I go to page two. I go to my archive talking about Seinfeld and I say, Hey, did you know I wrote a Seinfeld versus cheers breakdown? Here's some funny things I wrote from it. You'd read them off. You'd get the reaction from Larry. In my opinion, that's a much better episode than what the episode that he had, which like after 50 minutes totally dragged until Larry asked him questions on his own. Why isn't Bill Simmons knowing that Larry David is a massive Bill fan going into the archives or what could, couldn't you have done this? You could have said, Hey, you've had four seasons since the Grantland article that I wrote. Let's, let's get pitching seasons for each of those seasons. You could do that on the pod with him. You could say, Hey, let's, what do you think? You know, was one season better than the other? You could talk about that. You could say, were my seasons right? Looking back at it now in 2024. I mean, there was a lot to do and there wasn't much done except ask the same questions as the 2014 pod. Completely. I mean, what would have been in like a, a riveting interview feature in that episode would have been, hey, why don't we just, let's update the column right here. Larry, you're, you got the inside knowledge on these different episodes. I have my faltering memory of what resonates with me. Let me go ahead and let's talk about some awesome moments that, that I remember from Curb and let's update the column together. I would have been riveted for that tribe. I was ready to, I would have sat there and listened to them just kind of troubleshoot that and uh, trade, trade Larry's inside knowledge with how, how a bit came about with Bill remembering something that resonated with him. That would have been fantastic. And then the other thing that was really funny with, with, uh, with that episode was, I mean, besides Larry David ribbing him about why the rewatchables doesn't tell its audience in advance what, what movie they're going to be watching, is that could have been a great moment where uh, I think Bill tried to get Larry David to, I think when they're talking about different baseball films, um, he was trying to get Larry David to talk about a movie he would like to be, to be in on. But, you know, Larry David's a comedian. I would have loved to have heard a comedy that resonated with Larry David and maybe even doing a couple of the rewatchable bits. I mean, what's great about the rewatchables, me being, you know, uh, I'm a fan of that pod as well, less so in the last 12 months than what it used to be for me. But um, what's great about the rewatchables is they have all these kind of standard segments or set, or set pieces to how they do their commentary that provides a real easy shorthand to really just love that film that they're examining in that particular episode. Let's get some of those bits. And if Larry had a comedy that resonated with him in the last 15, 20 years, just kind of taking a spin on some of those rewatchable bits at the very least would have been a great preview for when Larry David finally comes on the rewatchables and watches something. Cause I know when, um, when they had filmmakers on, Tarantino had done a bunch of films on the rewatchables. I mean, it's just 
fantastic as a as a film buff to listen to somebody on the inside making movies kind of dissect or or reveal the takeaways from a film that that we all loved um and and what they really enjoy about it and simmons just he didn't think anything like that he just i just felt like he really enjoyed being in the same room as larry david and he didn't really try to make it very um any more compelling than it already was for the bs pod listeners that are all there with with simmons right there in the room ton of great points there totally agree on that last one all bill did was say oh i'm gonna do a pod with larry david it's gonna be good didn't prep said i'm gonna go go in the conversation we'll see how it goes i know it's gonna be good so he said the same things when like oh i'm gonna have charles barkley on the show i know it's gonna be good doesn't even prepare but i i love that rewatchables idea and so i would i would say I would challenge Bill and I would say, isn't what you just said right there much better radio than Bill asking Larry, would would early season Curb even play now? You know, wh- where's comedy going? Did you did you hit the line? He, he he says this in every fucking episode where he has a semi comedian on, and he asked the same he the same exact conversation in the 2014 pod. I mean, we heard this in 2014 with Larry David, but we've heard that with every comedian Bill brings on. And ultimately, like Bill, the the answer is if you're funny enough, that's all that matters. Like that's the answer that Seinfeld would give. I'm sure that's the answer that that Larry David would give the expanding on it. If it's funny, it's fine. And certainly Curb has had pretty intense and aggressive jokes at times, but they're funny. And that's why it works. So for for Bill to rehash that, rather than to your point, yeah, I think what you just said would have been incredible radio. I would have loved to hear that. So yeah. All right. Any anything else from this pod or should we wrap up this overall pod now? Tribe, I think. I think we are ready to deliver to the audience the takeaways of, for for better or worse, we are hoping for the best with Bill, but there's a great chance Shill is going to be the guy that stays. I, I say let's give the takeaways to the audience. Last time I gave him, so do you want to run through him? Oh yeah, I, I, I think I think I think one of the things that's going to be real fascinating with uh, Shill or Bill. What's his video going to set up be? Is he going to continue to be the solo Bill Simmons host in the pod? Or do we get a rotating cast of people for some kind of uh, ringer multi-personality show? Highly doubt it, but 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 would be fascinating to see if they navigate that. I think the other thing that we're going to see too is Spotify is going to craft a contract that is designed to maximize how many people are going to listen to a Spotify backed pod. And I don't think the ringer site with its written articles is something that's going to be something that will be incentivizing that new contract. So I think that site goes away. And then I think the last thing too, we were talking about the rewatchables cold weather tour that they were doing all week. I think that's cool. That's great. I like when con content makers that I love and enjoy uh, get to meet live audience members. 
But I also think you're going to see a revenue diversification, especially if Spotify is going to put less money up front. You're going to see a lot more Ringer merch. You're going to see some cool jackets, some fun posters. You might get um, some type of autograph deal where, you know, you're going to get a signed card from Bill Simmons that you can buy for $500 or something through the, through the merch shop. And I think the other thing, too, is that I think if especially if Bill decides to go more freelance on his own with a leaner operation, you're going to see a lot more of the media partnerships that the ringer or that bill kind of does with the music box documentary series. You're going to see a lot more media partnerships where the ringer or whatever the next brand is, is going to start creating kind of more, more brand specific content, whether it be a pod, a video or, or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I agree with all those. And I think my yeah, my my biggest thing is just simple. It's does Bill Simmons walk or not? Because ultimately, as we talked about it before, I think various there's various stages of his career he could choose to replicate or he could choose to slide into or continue in. And it's gonna depend on which way he goes and what his motivation is. And ultimately, you know, look, Bill I talked earlier in the pod about how I thought what would have been an interesting angle for Bill after Grantland, you, you form that smaller base of employees. And Bill obviously went the other way. If the ringer has maybe 100 people, it's got all those podcasts, 60, 70, 80, however many. Um, and I think Bill, I think Bill liked that. He obviously loved it at Grantland in terms of managing a lot of people and having a vision for the site and doing the whip arounds. And there was like, what is it? The Grammys are going on and you'd have, uh, you know, one of the biggest takeaways, winners and losers. Everybody writes a paragraph. So I think he loved that. Now, part of that was that ESPN was paying the bills. I think he liked that at first with the ringer, but the ringer union that's a piece that I think can't go unnoticed that might've impacted things. So is bill as motivated in 2024 to keep and fight for a 100 person ringer staff as he was in 2017? I'm not sure of that. And so if we, if we did get that and we do a smaller version I do think that's the best call. And what I would also say is I I think Bill Simmons owes it to his employees if he does do another venture. If you've got a website to build, Bill Simmons should be writing for this website. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, bro, but like I if I was a writer for Bill, I I would be asking myself why why isn't the 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 king of sports columnists why isn't he writing at least every once in a while to drive people to the site i mean that's that's mind-blowing to me that he's not doing that even once a month or something so yeah i i think that would be a fascinating next phase for simmons i'm totally cool if he does a sabbatical for it and frankly i think all of us in our lives today i don't think we would miss bill that much I don't think we would miss current iteration of Bill Simmons that much. I think we will, we'd miss the company. We'd miss that, that relationship, that parasocial, if you want to go there. We'd miss that. We'd miss hearing from his buddies. But in terms of the actual content, 
I think people would pivot. They'd move on. They'd find others. And would they come back for Simmons when he starts again? Absolutely. But they'd much prefer coming back to a better product. And so ultimately, that's what I think he should do. I think that's going to be the best lifestyle as well as going to engage in the best content. And then he can hire people like a Spotify, but in this case it probably wouldn't be, but you can hire people to do your ads and your short form video and all that stuff and see where you can grow the new media venture. But again, if he doesn't go that way and he goes back to Spotify, what's going to happen? We're going to get more of the same shill. We're going to get shill. We're going to get shell. We're going to get page two bill rolling over in his grave. If he resigns to Spotify. So I will say this to the listeners out there. If we get a headline that Bill Simmons resigns to Spotify, that's bad news. I say that's I say that means the content is going even more downhill. Um, and maybe one could argue, well, because he's going to be in the revenue sharing now. It's not. Yeah, I think it is. But yeah, that's kind of my my overall thoughts. Um, you got anything else? No, that's it, Tribe. I think I think uh, the only thing that I would underscore is I find the timing of the Rogan announcement to be uh, very keen on Spotify's part as they're going to start shaping the narrative on their year-end financials. And then um, everything that you're going to be doing to unpack <laughs> what Spotify is going to be doing down the road. And then once we get that new... You know, once we get that new announcement on whatever the Bill Simmons contract extension or no extension happening, um, I think it's going to be pretty incredible to, to continue to watch what happens with Bill Simmons. Completely, man. Well, hey, really appreciate the time both today and last week. And we talked before we wanted to keep this 45 to an hour, but. Knowing us, I, it, it came long, and it's not that surprising. But huge thanks to you. Uh, really good feedback from the most recent episode. So I think people are really going to enjoy this one. And yeah, man, like you know, like I've said before, welcome back anytime. Obviously, you came back immediately. But um, there's going to be a lot more unpacking to do, and I love doing it with guests like yourself and so many of the guests that we've had on the pod because really interesting stuff i know some people say we're getting too deep we're getting too in the minutiae but bill simmons the ringer sports media these are interesting topics podcasts are a business of them in and of itself and so doing a podcast analyzing a podcast as a part of the podcast i think is totally fair game i think is needed and um the only reason i'm here doing this is because pete guests like yourself are coming on and giving us amazing analysis. So really appreciate it, man. Appreciate all the listeners and uh, any last words for the audience here? Everyone just, um, you know, um, we're just, all we can do is just keep listening as best we can and finding those right voices to, to listen to and uh, tribe. You're incredible. Keep doing the beautiful things that you keep doing. Love it, man. Appreciate the kind words. And with that, we'll uh, sign off and we'll see you guys in the feed shortly.